0: Gentlemen.
1: surreal week in the in the life of zan shane sabunia you're your truly and the crazy thing is that i felt like watching full gear on saturday night kind of kicked my life back into reality either that or there was just super surreal that night especially watching pack versus hangman Watching Phoenix fly all over the place in a match that otherwise didn't have much going for it. And then there was the main event, which now has cemented the fact that AEW has my number one and number two matches of the year for 2019 in it. And I am just thrilled with this promotion. You know, they've not, to me, you know, there there was one week where I felt there was a misstep on the the television program. Other than that, since January 5th, hell, since all in last year, this promotion has done basically no wrong. And I am just thrilled that we're here to cover it every Wednesday night and cover the pay-per-views on Mondays. And uh, welcome aboard to the Kingdom of Honor. And here's my buddy Jeff to, to relay his thoughts on the full gear.
0: <laughs> I don't have any thoughts. <laughs> you, you know I never have thoughts. <laughs> well, now, what, do you, what are you referring to as the main event? Because it was kind of a double main event, if you ask me.
1: I thought Moxley versus um, Omega was absolutely phenomenal
0: okay then then I then I agree with you I mean because t- in my eyes there were two main events there was the Cody versus Jericho and then there was you know the lights out match which technically being in the last spot doesn't necessarily make it a main event but considering the players it was a main event and I guess there were some things that led into that that I didn't even pick up on you know with the yeah um, there's only been three unsanctioned matches Kenny won one Moxley won one and here's their showdown. And both of them were against Joey Janela. I never realized that that after dark one was considered an unsanctioned match. And what a yeah. great way, what a great way to build towards this on kind of a backhanded side note. It's like we're, we're so focused on Moxley and, um, and Omega that we don't realize that both these two were in the only, t- only other two unsanctioned matches. And both of them got a win over the same guy it was just I, a, I a,
1: a, equipment malfunctioning hang on a second
0: what would our show be with, without malfunctions <laughs> 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 did we lose you completely oh, of course we did anyway I thought that was a, uh, a a great way to kind of bridge the gap and do an underhanded type uh story to an already great storyline in my eyes
1: i had a big scare today um my when i got home i left work early today because i've been been feeling crappy since like thursday and i needed a i needed a mental health day but i had a lot of shit to do i finally got my shit done today about halfway through the day at work i was able to to procure a half half day of pto i got home and my front door was wide open which means my dogs are both missing um, oh, so I was in full on panic mode. Um, I, you know, I had no idea how long they were out, you know, what could have happened to them. If they got hit by a car, or the cops had them, although they probably would have called me since they both have tags. Um, but I was able to find them and, uh, and, you know, my, my uh, purebred, my purebred Pitbull Khaleesi now twice in the last 10 minutes has unplugged my headset. So that's why, uh, <laughs> I mean I'm happy to, I'm I'm super happy that she's still alive and stuff, but she but she but she is very needy and she wants to be my daddy and so she unplugged my headset a couple of times. So that was that was the equipment malfunction. function. Um, please
0: don't ever say daddy again.
1: Well, I didn't say that's what you call me every night, but now you've grown oh, up. All
0: right. Fair enough. <laughs>
1: Yeah, uh, no, I, I hadn't. I guess I hadn't. It hadn't done on me either that they were the only two uh, unsanctioned matches coming in. But I do remember that on AEW Dark, you know, Omega had said that he wanted to have a better match with uh, Janella in an unsanctioned match than Mox. Than Moxley. I don't, think, I, I don't think he. I don't think he. He did. But uh, I think these guys. <laughs> it was. I think these guys. You know, they were uh, the match. The match that they had against each other at Full Gear was almost supernatural.
0: Right. But it, it, to me, that was just another little underlying thing that it, it is I'm a real stickler for details and like little tiny nuances that can better match. And and to me, just knowing that was a little nuance that was like, oh, OK, well, that brings a little more to this now that we got the, you know, the two guys vying for the top of the of the unsanctioned match. It, it was just, it was almost like Joey Janela was their, uh, their stepping stone to get to each other. It, it was just, to me, it was that kind of little nuance, that little, little bit extra that gave it just that tiny little bit more. Not like it needed more. I mean, what the hell? That was an amazing match. Um, but it was, it, it was just that little nuance that kind of kicked it into into extra, into a little extra bit there for me. You know, it,
1: I think I honestly think that that AEW has the very best two storytellers, story-driven wrestling storytellers in the business right now, and Cody Rhodes and Kenny Omega. But yeah, I agree. But, I agree. Um, but you know, so so I think um, coming into the match, I would have said that Omega was going to craft a, a, an excellent story in there, and then Moxie was just going to use his character and all that stuff to to, to make to. to um, drive it to to another level, and I I think that's what happened. But I'm going to say, you know, a couple years ago when Imp and I were doing the Dominion aftershock, you know, he asked me, you know, was, did you, do you think this match was better than Okada versus Omega 1? And I said, yes. And I said, and here's where I feel like it surpassed Okada Omega 1, and that was when Omega dropped down... uh, out of exhaustion, causing causing Okada to miss the uh, Rainmaker and go flying across the ring. In um, this one, I felt like the, like the part where this match hit a psychological level that is rarely seen was when Omega put on the sharpshooter and Moxley had to crawl across the glass to get to the ropes, not to break the hold by grabbing the ropes, but to climb himself up the ropes to try to, to, to relieve the pressure. I thought that was absolutely
0: out of this world. Oh, yeah, it, it was. And there were so many great moments. The mouse trap spot I thought was incredible. Um, the sweeper spot where he, he hit um, Moxley on the back of the head with the broom I thought was just a, it was just a visually great spot. And there were so many others throughout the match. But <coughs> I, as far as match of the year, I, it's in my top five. I'm not going to give it my one and two like you are, um, but it's definitely in my top five right now.
1: i think that's you know, I think that's one spot where it hit I, I think the other you know the place where i just like um melissa was watching it with me um while she was working on some craft stuff but this but the spot where i just looked at her and i said this is awesome was when um omega hit the v trigger on the and knocked him through the spot
0: yeah that was a good spot too there were so many good spots in that match you sound like you're in a tin can too by the way Oh, no, all right. well, all right.
1: Oh, and also my headset uh, was away from, also my microphone was away from my head, so that's probably better now, huh?
0: <laughs> that makes a whole lot of sense now. <laughs> yes, you sound like a human again.
1: Well, when you were talking, and s- I moved my mic to, to take a drink of my orange juice, and now and I forgot to bring it back down,
0: so. Speaking of people that are not human, uh, Ray fucking Phoenix, oh my god. That guy is not human. There's no way he can do the things he does and still be considered a human being.
1: No, he's like Nightcrawler.
0: It, it's mind-boggling watching him in the ring. Just w- the way he uses every part of it, the moves that he pulls off, uh, the way that he's got the balance that he has. It, it's, just, it's mind-boggling watching this guy, and it's every single time he hits the ring. It could be a dynamite. It could be a, a pay-per-view. It doesn't matter. Whenever he's in the ring, it's mind-blowing.
1: Absolutely, and, and, that's, and that's one thing that we talked about on Saturday night, was like, you know, I can't believe there's so many people out there that are such big fans of Pentagon and think he's better than Phoenix. Because to me, Phoenix I, is, is the guy that could anchor the mid car division right now and in a couple of years could be like a dominant world champion in that promotion.
0: I think he could be, I think he could be a contender on the, on the world champion st- stage right now.
1: Yeah, absolutely, but but you know I, I just think that he is superb and and I as you know I enjoy the Phoenix, I enjoy the Lucha Brothers as a tag team I would much rather they be the tag team champions than the fucking SCU, but uh, <laughs> um, that's just my own personal bias talking. Um, but I really uh, but, I but, really uh, do at the wish same time. I really wish the Lucha Brothers were separate and Phoenix was having a run as a solo performer.
0: Yeah, and, and I, I'm right there with you. I really like to see that too. But uh, right now, I think the tag team division kind of needs them until they can build up some other guys. Um, you know, let, let's face it: there's really only three, maybe four tag teams that I would consider contenders. Private Party just kind of snuck in there. I, I don't really consider them contenders yet. Um, but you know, it, it's it's basically it's it's SCU, it's the Lucha Brothers, and it's uh and it's the Bucks. And then you throw in Santana and Ortiz, proud and powerful, is right there on the doorstep. But I don't think really there's any other guys that I could legitimately look at as, as contenders. I mean, you want to say that. About ab- friends. Well, that's what I was just going to say. You want to say that about best friends. You want to say that about dark order. But in all reality, they're not on the level of those other three, three to four teams. They're just not. Yeah, best, you know, friends, I- best friends got pushed to the moon. But they come off almost too much of a comedy act because of their whole best friend gimmick. But when you – I mean, if you break those two down and you just let them be the wrestlers they are, they're as good as anybody on that roster, especially Taylor. And that's funny because last year we were making jokes about Chuck E.T. and how he was just terrible. But the more and more I see this guy, especially in single – he's got – He's got as much charisma as anybody on that roster. He's talented, very, very talented in the ring. He's a good storyteller. I just I think that they're limited by their uh by their gimmick and by Orange Cassidy. And don't get me wrong, I'm starting Orange Cassidy is starting to grow on me too, but I just think they've got some limitations that the other teams don't. You I know, haven't seen a nasty side out of them, I guess is what I'm saying.
1: Well, what I was going to say is that you know, I had said at the beginning of the program that uh, that AEW is d- can do no wrong, but really, th- a couple of things that I think that they've done that have not worked so far. One of them is the librarians, yep, and the other one is the Dark Order. You know, the, the, yep. the Dark Order—they—they, they, you know, they, they were, we had such high hopes for them coming in. Um, they looked like they were—they were, they were going to do something with them, but I think they've just been more creepy and sick than the evil badasses that that they should have been. And I think that I think that's really hindered their progression of that team
0: and they kind of started behind the eight ball too i mean they weren't a well enough known team to people off of the indies to be put in the position they were at uh, double or nothing with the creepy entrance and the attacking everybody and all that stuff they just weren't that team they weren't they weren't well enough known Uh, and i mean unless you're a hardcore indie fan you really had no clue who the super smash smash brothers were and to watch them come in and destroy these two tag teams who we knew it just, it kind of fell flat and they really didn't go anywhere from there. A couple of spooky, um, you know, things against best friends and they get that one big victory against the best friends and get the tag team by and then they walk in and get trounced in their trounced in their first match in the tank. I mean, they were not positioned well, they were not, they, they kind of, they suffered from the beginning. And I think they're a team that needs to be broken down. And if we're going to do this supernatural, um, you know, minion gimmick, whatever the hell they're doing, they need to do it right. And they need to start them from scratch and do it all over again. And then maybe, maybe in six months at, you know, not next pay-per-view, but the pay-per-view after they can have built up to the point where they can come in and, uh, you know, take out whoever the take teams are vying for the championship and actually have it mean something. But right now, I just don't think they have that. And it's sad because I love both of them. I think they're both incredibly talented and the same thing with best friends and the same thing with hybrid too. I think all three of those teams have some immense talent. I just think the way they've been positioned and their gimmicks are what's limiting them right now.
1: I'm glad you brought up the hybrid because what what I would really like to see over the over the course of the next three to four months is a not is a knockdown, drag out feud between the hybrid two and uh the the Lucha, the uh, Jurassic Express. No I'm I'm not sure what Luchasaurus's status is, but I think if Luchasaurus and um Juggle Boy had a had a had a series of matches against Hybrid Two, it would get both of those teams over incredibly well
0: see and i was thinking the same thing but i was thinking it against private party i think private party is riding is riding momentum right now they're they're immensely talented they have the the capability to be a top tag team for years but they're not i mean they've been. Put in against teams that, yeah, they can shine against, but you don't really expect them to win. That win against the Bucs was, it caught you off guard. But have they done anything really since then?
1: Well, they beat the Bucs, and they beat the Dark Order to get it to get into this tag team title match.
0: Right, they beat the Dark Order. That's all you had to say right there. They beat the Dark Order. Yeah, the Dark, Dark Order. We had just one
1: loss had, had one loss besides that coming in, so it wasn't like there were nobodies in that match. But we c- now, we've now, kind of explained it that they've like, fallen I mean, flat. Back,
0: right. Know, but. But I would love to see, I think, a uh, a series between Hybrid and um, Private Party would do both of them wonders, because I think they both fit each other's skill sets perfectly. I, I think they can go out there and they can put on the kind of matches that E&C and the Hardy Boys did in the late 90s, that put them both on the maps.
1: And they did foreshadow that in the very first episode of AEW Dynamite, too. Right. You, you know, where, uh, where uh, Kevin Smith and... JMUs were out there talking, and then they were interrupted by the Hybrid 2, and then the Hybrid 2 were interrupted by Private Party. So.
0: Right. And I, I think they could they could easily and, and it could catapult them both into that super that next stratosphere like it did for both E&C and the, and, and the Hardy Boys back in the 90s. I just think they're the they're the kind of tag teams that will gel so greatly that they can go out there and steal the show every single night. They can put on this phenomenal series of matches that will get them both on the map. And then in six months, we will be talking about those two teams being right up there with the other four we already talked about.
1: You know, we're talking about a comparison contrast between two different matchups, but really, it could be all three teams combined together too.
0: Yeah, it could, they could be. They
1: could, they could all they could all be fighting for to one up each other, and then we could get some kind of a TLC style match between those two teams between those three teams. You know.
0: Yeah, and that's true, and and that that is true. That could it could elevate all three of them. I I personally, I'd I like I, that. I, th- I've
1: been I've been frustrated the two times we've seen the. Uh, the Lucha Brothers, or sorry, the 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 Jurassic Express take on SCU because both times SCU got the victory when I thought the Lucha, the Jurassic Express should have gotten the victory. You and know, obviously, and you know, obviously it makes sense now that they built up SCU to be the <clears throat> tag team champions. But uh, but I really thought that you know Luchasaurus was you know like so close to breaking out and and for some reason they just haven't well been that injury do so yet.
0: That injury really set him back.
1: Well, yeah, the you know, injury hurts, but, but but he was also not winning matches before that. So
0: no, that's true. But I mean, if you want to talk about a breakout star that's come out of this, Marco Stunt. I I we couldn't stand him in MLW. Neither one of you, you or I could. And I remember you saying that when he was announced to take Luchasaurus's place. It's like, ugh. you know, it it didn't it fell flat. But everything I've seen from Marco Stunt. This kid's really talented. It, it's just that he's so small that we kind of overlook him. But if you watch him in the ring, he's got some talent.
1: Yeah, but he's but he's short. He's little, and I still don't like him.
0: <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> he's, he is still, I can't as argue my that.
1: Wife, he is still, as my wife said, at all out while we were there. He's still a <laughs> people McNugget.
0: Yeah, he is a. Yeah, I can't argue that. I just, I, I can't even argue that. <laughs> and then I mean, you have.
1: I mean, I mean, I mean, there definitely could be a, t- a time where they're able to, to like to roll him into a spot where he's like the, the underdog, and, he, and he's like a Mikey Whipwreck style champion here and there. But I, I just don't. No, think I can't like ever see being him as a long-term star. You know,
0: I can't yeah. ever see him as a champion. Um, but I, he's I, not I even do card th- champion. No, huh? No, okay. no. I, I just don't think, and, and unfortunately, it's not his fault. He does not have the size. To realistically even pull off a Mikey Whiprack type run, I mean Mikey Whiprack was going in there against nobodies and getting wins because of disqualifications. You know where I I can't see Mark uh, Marco Stunt even being in that. Not saying I mean I love the guy. I think he's he's really really good. I could see him as a tag team champion, but not as a, as a as a singles champion. I just can't see that yet.
1: Okay. Well, I'm just going to say that I never would have. That if you asked me in 1997 if Rey Mysterio would ever be WWE World Champion, I would have said no. Well, yeah,
0: and 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 twice. But Rey Mysterio was an otherworldly generational talent too. I'm not going to say Marco Stunt is because by the time we saw Rey Mysterio, he was light years ahead of where Marco Stunt is right now.
1: Sure, but. I, I, the fact still remains: I never would have expected Remy to, to be WWE World Champion.
0: That's fair enough. I can't argue that either. Um,
1: well,
0: you know, it, that's, as that's, that's, that, go ahead. No, I was just going to say. You know, I mean, this we got sidetracked here, but as far as the card goes, and and Amp, I apologize. I really did want to come and watch the match, but I ended up on kid duty on Saturday night, so I couldn't get away. Um, you know, it is what it is, but. The, uh, I, I enjoyed this you know, pay-per-view. You know,
1: if, if you would ha- have him wear diapers more often, he wouldn't have to be on the, on the duty for him.
0: I'm, I'm speechless. <laughs> uh, it's just, I don't even know what to say.
1: <laughs> well, it's, I know, I know one thing that you had a major problem with happened at the end of the, uh, official main event. Um, so, so why don't you talk? Yeah,
0: let's, let's hold on to that for a second. Um, let's talk about the Bucks and, um, and proud and powerful. All right. Um, I don't know what you felt about this. I thought this was a main event style match. No, i until
1: I I, I thought it was an opening style match and they were holding back because of that. I thought they were doing the perfect match to open up a pay-per-view and because of that, it wasn't as great as the two teams could put together. And I think that we're I, going to eventually get the kind of matches those two teams could put together down the road, but I think they were just kind of wetting our appetites for the rest of the show and for what they can do down the line.
0: I think my main reason for calling it a, a main event-style match was because of the psychology involved in it. Okay. I, thought, I thought Nick is doing exactly what Matt did last year with his back, Nick has been selling that knee uh, better than we see main eventers do it now. Uh, the spot where they went for the Meltzer driver and his knee gave out, I thought was great. Um, I liked the fact that Proud and Powerful actually got the win. It was the shenanigans after the match where I kind of lost interest in the whole thing. Like, I, I okay, I get it. Rock and Roll Express is still wrestling, but – a sixty-three-year-old giving the absolute worst Canadian destroyer I've ever seen should not have gotten the pop from the crowd. It did.
1: <laughs> Isn't it amazing how the Canadian destroyer is used so often now? And, it, and it's and it's a flipping pile driver, which you know, which everybody always said was going to be too dangerous to ever do, but now right. it's done so often, and also it's less dangerous because of the way it's done than a, than an actual pile driver is.
0: Didn't they? Um ban pd williams from doing it because it was so dangerous yeah and now it's a a transition move you know it's not even it, it doesn't even end matches it's now a transition move um and you're right it, it the way they set it up it's actually it's more it, it's a half a second away from being a code red there's really not much difference between that and a code red it's just the code red it ends up being a power bomb um it's but to see to see Ricky Morton struggle jumping over the top rope and having to watch Matt kind of push him so that he actually could get into the Canadian destroyer hurt <laughs> it just hurt it just it hurt to watch it hurt to when when i heard the crowd pop for that i actually wanted to shed a tear it was not good and it, it just never should have happened, period. Who got in Ricky Morton's head, and, or was it Ricky Morton or was it the other guy? I can't remember. It was Blonde guy, was it Morton? Yeah. Um, who got in Ricky Morton's head and said, hey, 63-year-old guy, you can do this, do it?
1: Well, he did it, so obviously they were right.
0: Yeah, with help from like five other people.
1: With it, Yeah, with help from Matt, with help from The Rope, and with help from uh, Ort- uh, Santana.
0: Ah, just brutal. It was not good.
1: <laughs> and, it was and, uh, not
0: good.
1: You know, good. I, you know a, a couple of things about what you what you said. Just taking a step back, is uh, you, you talked about Nick falling off the top rope when doing the Meltzer Driver, and I and I just want to say that you know uh, I mentioned that Melissa was watching it with me, and she like watched and she's like, "Did he do that on purpose?" <laughs> I mean, so it it was so well done by Nick and so well sold that you know. It, that you know, she who who while she's not the wrestling fan you and I are has been watching it for ever since we've been together. off um, right. you know, off and on was was fooled by it too. Like you know, did he mean to do that? Is he okay? You know, well, and it wasn't. And and, uh, and nick and you mentioned Nick selling that knee. I mean, he's been selling that knee at, at times since Dominion 2018.
0: So it's oh, is he really? I guess I haven't. I guess I haven't noticed that. I I knew Matt because he was so good at the back last year. Yeah. I guess I didn't realize that Nick was doing it with the knee too. But you know, there was more to that, um, to that Melter Driver spot than just Nick falling and the way he felt, how awkward it lo- looked when he fell, and how, or I'm sorry, how awkward it looked when he fell, and all. the way that Matt came over to him and showed legitimate concern, mm-hmm. and. That put that spot over so much more than just Nick Falling could have done. I, th- I felt like Matt made that spot a whole lot better.
1: Are you sure, Jeff? Are you sure that the Bucks are showing psychology? Because I thought they were just spot monkeys.
0: Well, remember, I, that was my thing a couple years ago in that match against uh, them and 3K. First thing I said is, uh, are, is this really the Bucks? Are they really showing psychology? They've gotten so good over the last couple of years that now they legitimately are the greatest tag team in the world. That's not even a moniker anymore. That it's it's truth.
1: Yeah, it they are. They're not my favorites, but they are the best.
0: They're the still my red dragon. Yeah, yeah, I get it. But and you, still, you know,
1: and when you talked about um, earlier about how the Dark Order came in, and you know, it's been tough on them because nobody knew who they were. For them to for them to to, um, to carry on this gimmick, I the, I immediately thought of PNP because they are well known tag team. They are somebody everybody knew, and they came right. in and completely reinvented themselves. I mean, they're I mean they're still wrestling similar to, what, to the way they did, but their characters are completely different. And, the only and, reason and, that and I and I, lo- and I love the event so far
0: their characters are different from when the way they left uh, t- impact but this was their characters when they first came into impact they were the badass heels when they first came in they weren't baby faces I and when I they're wrestling
1: at that time so i didn't know that
0: and they're wrestling a lot like they did when they first came into impact i actually felt like they lost selves when they turned face against uh um again when uh when they beat um I can't think of the name of the team, um, but when they—I mean, when they came in, he was kind of a, almost a face tag team, and they came in and beat OVE, and were just badasses. And then they kind of turned when they got in that feud with uh, the OC or the OGs. Okay.
1: But, but was Ortiz this crazy psycho guy who was chewing on the ropes and looks like he was a—he would—he would pound your mother's face in because I—because I don't no, remember yeah. anything like that.
0: Okay, yeah, you got me there. <laughs> you, you definitely got me there. He's he, the way when he got super kicked in the back of the head was one of the greatest things I've ever seen. The only other thing I felt like was better than this entire pay per view was when when JR. What did he call it? I texted you. I texted it to you when he said it. But the suicide dive, <laughs> suicida de la torpedo, or something like that.
1: Uh, yeah oh, you so, I, I, I missed that. Cause oh. I, was, I guess I wasn't paying that much attention to the commentary on. Saturday. I, was, I was more my wife and I were talking while we were watching, so I was just watching the match while I was listening to her. so
0: Oh my God, that was one of the funniest things I've ever heard.: <laughs> Suicida de la Torpedo.": <laughs> Oh, it still makes me laugh.
1: <laughs> so, where, where showed... are you on, so where are you on that match?
0: On that match, the yeah. Paw hangman. I thought it was good. I thought it was a pay-per-view quality. You thought it wasn't
1: pay-per-view quality?
0: No, I thought it was. I thought it was. I mean, I'd say a four-star match maybe. Um, It didn't grab me. I think they were both kind of holding back like they're waiting for something else. Um, I hate to say it, but I think the Cowboy shit uh, catchphrase is a little bit much. Wrong wrong (laughs) you think i'm wrong (laughs) i I, it just i think i think it had moments where it could have gotten better i just felt like there was something missing
1: almost like it was my second favorite match of
0: the night it was my third it was my third i i really you know as much as (sighs) jericho did not look like he was in the same shape he was for uh for all out he did not look like he had been hit in the gym. He looked like he'd been drinking too much of the bubbly. Mm-hmm. Um, he just didn't look like he was in the same shape. But I felt like that Cody-Jericho match might have been my favorite match of the night. Um, and then the Moxley-Omega, that it's kind of like a 1A and 1B type situation where I, I well, felt fuck like...
1: you. You know I hate when you say that bullshit.
0: I know, but it, it's... It's. I did make a choice. I put one at 1A and the other at 1B. No, That's a choice. No, it's 1
1: and 2, or it's 2 and 3. It's not 1A and 1B.
0: It's 1 and 1A.
1: You're, you're so full of crap.
0: Meaning, depending on how much pot I've smoked, it could go either way. And yes, I said smoking.
1: Yeah, well, you're not, so there.
0: <laughs> Fair enough.
1: If you were, know, you wouldn't have been watching your kid on Saturday, you would have been with somebody else. So.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. No, actually, yeah, you. <laughs> <laughs> no,
1: I meant the other, plan that you, the other plans that you had that obviously fell no, through the, as well.
0: the other plans that I had fell through way before that. <laughs> <laughs> Those plans might be dead in the water. Let's just put it that way.
1: I I thought but. uh I, I think that you were right on the right track with with Pac and Hangman being a four star match uh, up until the finishing sequence. I thought the finishing sequence with Pac um trying to to finish the match the same way he did against he did on Dynamite and and Paige catching it, that callback was great. I thought yep. the transition into the um from there into the Dead Eye into the uh what does he call it um the brutalizer, and then Pacquiao, and then um, hangman finding his way out of the brutalizer and finally hitting the dead eye to win was great. Along with the fact that they had been selling him winning the match with the buckshot, and therefore that maybe being his new finisher, but yet he was he wasn't able to hit the buckshot, but he still won the match with the dead eye. I thought all that combined put it probably at more like four and a half star level for me.
0: And you're missing the best part of that whole sequence. Okay the buckshot did not set up the dead eye the buckshot was done so much so far before the dead eye was actually done that it didn't set it up it wasn't because he hit the buckshot and i felt like that i don't
1: think he ever he never actually did hit the buckshot did he
0: yeah well i think
1: he missed it and then he had a a spinning forearm and then he hit the
0: Dead right, eye. he hit the he hit the disc his forearm. But yeah. the fact that he didn't get that buckshot in to set up the Deadeye, I felt like actually made the Deadeye more more l- lethal. Because it, we've always looked at it like, okay, he's using the buckshot to set up the... the you, you get brutalized with that buckshot lariat, and then you get hit by the Deadeye. Yeah, that makes sense. But the fact that he was able to put away Pac, 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 whatever we're calling him, uh, was something other than that buckshot Lariat first, with just the deadeye, I think made the deadeye more powerful than it has been throughout his entire career
1: plus, and now makes him a legitimate contender to Jericho after after you know him hitting the buckshot lariat, and then the deadeye and, you know basically back to back and not being able to beat Jericho, kind yep. of you know, and, and, and also you know imp and I talked about this a little bit on Saturday night, but now that now that hangman beat. Who was the number two contender, and Cody lost and can no longer challenge for the championship. It really puts Heyman right back in line at this moment to be the top challenger for Jericho again.
0: I don't want to see him the top challenger yet. I really don't. I, well, I just you may not don't want
1: that. But I'm saying if you look at it logically, he's got to be right.
0: Oh yeah. Well, yeah.
1: Because Moxley's victory over 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 Omega doesn't matter. It was un. It doesn't. So
0: it, it doesn't, doesn't count. count yeah. And and this Omega and his losing streak still is kind of there, but you know, and I I've got to say it again, for anybody that is watching AEW and really experiencing Kenny Omega for the first time, the fact that you're finally able to see this guy on American television, count yourself lucky, because he is easily, and they they said it during the during the show and yeah he's going on this little win streak or loss streak but seriously he is so smooth he is so great at storytelling he is such a great in-ring performer just count yourself thankful that you can actually watch this guy now on american television i I,
1: you know the thing with and the other thing with him and i just want to say is that he has got two of the most scintillating moves in professional wrestling that snapdragon suplex and the V-Trigger.
0: Yep. Yeah. Well, and that V-Trigger, it's like you and I talked about this last year in his uh, world title run. He is able to pull off that V-Trigger, and he can do it multiple times during a match, and it never looks out of place. It never looks forced. Where when you watch some other wrestlers trying to get their signature setup moves, well, the super kick, for one. I mean, with the, with the Bucks, sometimes it gets a little bit too much. Mm -hmm. I've never said that about the V-Trigger. Never one time have I said, oh, my God, he did that one too many times. He is able to place that V-Trigger in perfect spots every single match.
1: And it never gets old.
0: It never gets old. And you're always excited to see it. You're always excited when it happens. It's always like – it's always done at that moment where it's like, oh, it just brings that reaction out of you. And and I I just – I think he – Anybody that is now able to watch him that didn't get to see him in Japan, just count yourselves lucky because it's very rare that a guy of this talent leaves one promotion for another. Absolutely. And it it could have very well been that he would have been stuck in Japan the rest of his career and there's a lot of people that never would have saw his talent. So anyone that has never seen him before and you're only seeing him now because of AEW, count yourselves lucky. Absolutely lucky.
1: Yeah, and re- and really, both guys in this match are re- fit into that category where guys of a of a huge world championship caliber talent decided to leave major organizations for another one. Right. Exactly. And didn't, yeah. Didn't, my... and, di- and didn't do it for the money.
0: Yeah, and Mox is another guy too. It's like you watch this guy perform, and people that only know him as Dean Ambrose are missing out on so much. Because he is just so talented and such a great performer and just great in-ring storyteller. And then he brings that vicious side, too, that gives him that little extra added amount. (coughs) I just hope now that after we got this unsanctioned match and we got all that brutality, I hope that's kind of out of the way. So we can kind of maybe start to see the um, Moxley that we saw after that first Juice Robinson match in New Japan. Mm -hmm. what we saw with him during the G1 and everything where he was an actual legitimate great wrestler I want to see him I want to see him be that great wrestler not just a a hardcore monkey
1: and two episodes of Dynamite ago we we finally got him on a live mic and now I'm hoping that we get him again on a live mic this coming Wednesday now that he's got the victory over Omega to, to say what his next attentions are going forward
0: I hope they give him a live mic every single week
1: well, <laughs> they, might get, they might just get a little bit old, though. You know, I, I would, I would like to, I like to be like every, every now and then. Like, you know, you might love hot fudge Sundays, but if you have it every single night, it kind of loses its um, effect. You know.
0: I don't know, dude. It's got hot fudge. How could it lose its effect?
1: <laughs> it just does. That's all.
0: No, it doesn't. It doesn't. It could not.
1: Um. What did you think? Well, I'm not even going to bring this up. Never mind.
0: Oh, bring it up! Bring it up! Come on, bring it up! Bring it up!
1: Okay, okay. So, don't you think that Britt Baker versus B Priestley should have been flip flopped with the Sean Spears versus Joey Janela match?
0: Yes, I do.
1: I think I think I, Britt and B deserve to be on the main card. They've been. That's, it's the longest running feud in the promotion right now, and kind of I, I for have the pre show.
0: I, I agree with you because I really think that I was a little bit upset when I found out that Spears and Janela were going to be on this card. I felt like that was a, a, a feud that needed to breathe before it got to the pay-per-view style of match. That being said, I thought it was a decent match. I felt like I, I, I want to see Janela get a win here occasionally, but I felt like you know, he's one of the few guys that can recover from it. And I felt like Spears winning it was the right call, but of course it did. should it should have been the buy-in show and not the not the main card.
1: Yeah, it, it, and, and, if, and other than that, I mean, otherwise it was it was a it was a television style match anyway, so it could have easily been on dynamite too.
0: Exactly. Yeah. I, it just to me it I, felt I, more I felt like, like
1: I felt like Darby Allen or um, Jimmy Havoc should have been should have had a match in this spot instead of Spears and Janela.
0: Well, I would have rather seen Brit and, and B on here, but no, I, I have, get no, why I agree, they did But I'm
1: saying, in, I'm saying in general, if if, some, if it had to be another guy wrestler, I would have preferred to be Havoc or or Alan in this spot.
0: I would have preferred to have Havoc versus Allen in this spot. Absolutely. You know, because I, I don't think their story is done yet either. I feel like they've got I, – I still don't feel like Darby Allen has really gotten his comeuppance over Jimmy Havoc yet. I feel like that's a story that needs to finish being told before they finally pass the torch to – you know, Havoc passes the torch to him. Um, but you're right. I, I do agree with you. I don't feel and – I, and I said it um, – two weeks ago last week i don't remember sometime i said it where i felt like um this was a story that's going to elevate both of them but it needs to be spread out to the next pay-per-view not this one and when i found out it was on this card i was like oh great they just blew their wad on a story that could have gone three three or four months
1: well, that's okay. I, didn't want to really, I don't really want to see Sean Spears over the next three or four months anyway.
0: Well, he would have been on dark and he would have been, you know, it wouldn't have been every single week. But I, I feel like a, a Janela Spears story would have done both of them great, it would have done really well for both of them. And I just felt like pushing it to this pay per view was rushing it a little too much.
1: Yeah. I, and, you, you know, I'm missing Darby Allen. You mentioned Darby Allen versus Jimmy Havoc, but really they set up Darby Allen versus Jake Hager. So I would, have loved to see the, I would have loved to see those guys have a
0: match. On. I, I really like that Hager's not been in the ring yet. I really do. I liked him. Uh, I just, I liked him in that main event or, well, whatever it was. Was that main event? Was the other one? I don't was know. It the official main event. Okay. Well, regardless, I liked his performance in that. I liked the way that he was out celebrating. He actually showed some signs of life. Not just that stoic badass where he was out there cheering and smiling. I thought that was kind of a nice little touch to his character.
1: Yes, it was. And of course, you know, we got to see the great Muda is out there as well.
0: Well, yeah, the great Muda. And Dean Malenko, has he smiled since 2001?
1: Not, to, not that I've seen.
0: It looked like his frown line has grown.
1: While well, his hair is shrunk.
0: Yes, exactly.
1: <laughs> his brown line he, is pushing his hairline backwards.
0: <laughs> I love Dean Malenko. Dean Malenko was one of my favorite wrestlers, and his whole, uh, you know, it, it, his run in WCW is one of the best I've ever seen. But man, I don't think that guy has smiled since the early 2000s. No, probably not. His feud with Jericho and WCW is still one of the greatest feuds ever. It is. It's and I like is. the fact... I like and, the fact know, that they did know, the callback.
1: You know, where he came in and won the battle royal as, as C. and then beat Jericho for the title right afterwards. That
0: was awesome. Yep. Well, I, and I love the fact that Jim Ross uh, called called it out too and said, "If you haven't seen this, you need to go back and watch it." That was one of the greatest feuds ever. Yep. And the you know the fact that he was it because his, I mean, that's that's the feud that sprung the uh, Jericho Man of a Thousand and Four Moves.
1: Right. And, that and, whole. And, and it was great that Ross did that considering that Ross was on was in the competition at the time.
0: Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um I I liked uh it was nice that they, you know, acknowledged where Tony Schiavone was. I thought that was nice. Um, you know, it kind of makes sense that they would, but a lot of promotions wouldn't do that, saying, Oh yeah, he's you know, he's doing his other gig right now. Um the fact that they acknowledged that I thought was kind of cool. Uh I, I don't know. I, I'm still all in on AEW. I think they are really firing on all cylinders. Yes, of course, they've had some misses here and there um, over the last six months or whatever, but they're so few and far between, or far, whatever, um, that it's hard to fault them for any of it.
1: I agree. You know, they, 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 took, they took a few chances that haven't paid off, but I'd rather you take chances that don't pay off than you, than you do something and just remain stagnant and, and, and you know paint by the numbers.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, I was a little irritated with Cody and his whole stipulation uh, about how. he... But I get it. I get how he's doing, why he did it, and how, and the reason he did it, and the fact that he doesn't want people to think that it's all going to be about the the EVPs, you know, and the fact that the four EVPs, not one of them is a champion right now, and now not any of them are in championship contention even.
1: No, they've all been. They've all been. On, they've all. Uh lost they all lost on this pay-per-view actually. The only member of the elite that won their match at Full Gear
0: was Paige. That. Yeah. Which is it's a nice touch because that was one of the few things that everyone said is oh they're just going to push their own guys. Well, they haven't. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> they I mean, haven't. I they... Mean,
1: if you look at it really that really the other guys are out there, are at their lowest lows. You know the the Bucks have have lost like three straight matches and now and they they got punked by PNP. Omega got his ass kicked by. I mean, it was a great match, but he but he got planted by Moxley in the with the elevated uh, paradigm shift right on the on the wood of the ring. So he's out of it. Right. And then not only did Cody lose a match where he where he no longer gets another world championship match, but he also lost his best friend at the same time.
0: I don't even want to talk about this. It's such a stupid storyline.
1: It just why he's ang- and I'll tell you why you're wrong.
0: It angers me because what's his reason? What is MJF's reason for turning on on Cody at this moment? Cody hasn't been holding him back. Cody has been there helping him along, you know, being his best friend, giving him everything that he can do, and then MJF turns on him. The only reason for MJF to turn on him is because he's an asshole. There was nothing to gain by it. There was not anything... It's not like you know he needs to break out of his mentor's shadow or any of that crap. He just turned on him for no apparent reason.
1: You, sir, are an idiot. Just like all the other idiots out there that believed in MJF. MJF did not turn on Cody. MJF is the Scorpion that Cody allowed to be on his back. Okay. MJF was always a bad guy. He was never a good guy. Okay. He was never somebody you could trust.
0: That's fine. And,
1: and yeah, I mean, he went out there and he refused to help the inner circle attack Cody. And he okay. went out there and he helped Cody against the inner circle.
0: Okay. But that was
1: all part of the master plan.
0: And what's because, the master because he, plan? Because he
1: didn't want to join the inner circle. He just wanted to stick Cody at the worst possible time to stick him. And when what was he that? Get... It was at full gear when he could cost Cody his chance to ever be AEW world champion again. And he did that. Okay. And he kicked Cody right in the balls because he kicked him in the balls literally right after kicking him in the balls figuratively what does he gain from it he doesn't have to gain yes. anything from it this is yeah, what mjf is he's an asshole like you said what is He's this? an asshole he's a dick and he what? was setting cody up all this time just in order to, to betray him the way that he did and if he okay. bought into it and the fans bought into it then you guys are all suckers because i've been telling you for weeks He's not a babyface, and okay. you bought into him being a babyface for weeks. So I didn't. I don't understand why you're upset about this. This is who MJF always has been. He did. I'm not upset. What MJF did because he's MJF. I'm,
0: I'm not upset about him turning on Cody. He I didn't know turn. he's that.
1: He didn't turn ne- on him.
0: I'm not upset about any of it. I know he's an asshole, but what does he gain out of this?
1: Why would he need to gain anything from it? What he gains is just because media. he's a
0: lower yeah. mid carder right now. <laughs> he has nothing. He has nothing. He hasn't been on. He's been on TV one time in five weeks. He's had one match that was a squash match against nobody. Otherwise, he has not had a single match on TV since his. Tag or his triple, or his three-way tag match with uh, Sean Spears in his corner. Then
1: you just answered your own question. What does he gain from it?
0: He what does he gain he from
1: it? He gains being in main event matches against the main event guy, Cody Rhodes.
0: What does he gain he from to, it?
1: He goes from being a lower mid-carder to being a main eventer by, by doing two dastardly things. Why would knocking... he do that?
0: Okay. If... If... If now just think about this if you're this master manipulator who's always been a bad guy and your best friend's the e v p of the company and he's in this uh you know championship match where if he doesn't win he's never going to you know compete again for the title why would you not do everything in your power to get him to win then turn on him so you can get your championship match and thrust yourself in the main event that way.
1: Because it doesn't hurt your mentor, your best friend. And I put quotes up both times in case you couldn't hear that in my, in my descriptions. It doesn't how hurt does him it, as much that way. He how does it to, not hurt him? He wanted to hurt Cody, and he did.
0: And by throwing in the towel and then, and then begging his forgiveness and then turning on him? It doesn't make sense. You want to hurt Cody, let him win the title, then take it from him.
1: Why? He's twenty-three years old. He's got enough confidence in himself that he's going to get a world title shot on his own without having to to turn on it, turn on Cody to to get to quote turn on Cody to get it. Instead, but right now he wanted to cripple Cody's chances of ever having a world title match, and also it clears the field for him. If he ever how's the, it clear, if, if if field he for ever, him, he's a he lower. If he ever mid- wins the world championship, Cody can't challenge him for it. That's how, how it, it the field for him. One of the best wrestlers on the, on the planet, he won't ever have to worry about as a challenger.
0: But he can't even get into the main event picture at this point. Now he can. What, how, is, how is it? How? How? Because he has a match against Cody, a guy that can never challenge for the title again? You just knock Cody down to the bottom of the ladder, and now you're going to challenge a guy at the bottom of the ladder?
1: In public perception is certainly not the bottom of the ladder. He might be in the actual but, rankings of the promotion, but not at public perception. But you're, in the rankings... I mean, I mean look, how, look how impressed you were and how much pissed off I was that Sean goddamn Spears had, met, had a match against Cody that was a semi-main event at All Out. And now MJF gets a semi-main event against Cody, Then he's also in a high-profile match for the first time
0: but neither Darby Allen or Sean Spears came out of that match against Cody as a number one fucking contender. They came out as mid carter they lost. It doesn't matter. If MJF goes out there and loses too, he's a mid carter.
1: He's not going to lose. Know, That's the point. He's going to win.
0: And even if he wins, he's still a mid-carder. He hasn't beaten anybody else. He has, he's had one match on AEW Dynamite. One match in six weeks.
1: Yeah. And he, why? Is and why, he is nothing. And why? Because he was a heel in that match. And ever since then, he's been playing a babyface
0: face. In so order to you... get
1: you and all the other suckers on board that he's a babyface.
0: And so he can't have another match? He, why, he, why, would he,
1: why, would he, why would he keep wrestling as a baby face when he's a heel? That's my point, is this was all smokescreen. All but it
0: smokescreen. doesn't gain him anything. It really doesn't gain him anything.
1: It he turned on Cody motiva- after... It does if his primary motivation was to take take away from Cody.
0: Okay, so yeah, you take away from Cody. Now what? You're this master manipulator who had everybody conf- uh, you know, fooled that you're some great guy and then you turn on him. But there's nothing that gets out of it. Cody didn't hold him back. Cody's not the reason why he's not at that next level. Cody was just... A friend of his. That's it. His best friend. Whatever. It, it's like Chuck Taylor turning on on Trent. What does it get him? It doesn't get him anything.
1: It doesn't have to get him. No, you know, you're you're not looking at it from from MJ's perspective. You're looking at it from from the perspective of somebody of a real person <laughs> a of somebody who understands
0: I, reality.
1: <laughs> no, what I'm saying is he wanted to hit Cody. Where it hurt, he wanted to hit Cody where it hit him the hardest, where it hurt him the most. And what's it hurt him the most? To never be able to challenge for that AEW World Championship again. He took that okay. away from Cody.
0: So why? What's his motivation? Why?
1: Because he, he wanted to hurt Cody where it hurt him no, the most.
0: Because he's an asshole. He turned on Cody because he's an asshole. He did
1: turn. He,
0: he turned on Cody. No. Cody believed he was this great guy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You and I, we're, no, we we're, didn't. We're Did you see okay. the
1: reaction of Cody after the, after the nut shot? He he sat up like, okay, I knew this was happening eventually. He okay. knew MJF was a scorpion when he let him on his back. He so knew he was if I get walked stung. Over- he may not have expected it to happen this night, but he knew he was going to get stung. He knew MJF was a bad guy. He just didn't know when it was going to happen.
0: So if I walk into work tomorrow and kick you square in the nuts, are you just going to look at me like, oh, okay, I knew it was coming?
1: well now that you told me about it yeah
0: I'm just saying there's (laughs) nothing to gain by it if I'm going to turn on you or not turn on you just be the guy that I always was am I not going to wait until after you rob the bank then take all the money or am I going to kick you in the nuts before you even walk into the bank it makes no sense it's stupid it's a
1: bad story it's not it's It's fucking (laughs) terrible it's not because here's the thing Yes. You could you could have he could have waited until after Cody won the world championship and then turned on, on him then.
0: And, and then, then he, gotten and then, a title match. Let
1: me finish my sentence. No, and then possibly gotten the Your world championship. And then possibly gotten the world championship from Cody. But it doesn't but that doesn't mean that Cody can't ever challenge for the championship again. It just means that he took it away from him. Now he's made it so that Cody can never challenge for the title that he created. I think yeah, it's brilliant.
0: So? so? Well, how, how how does this benefit MJF?
1: It doesn't benefit him. Exactly! That's what I'm saying! Why <laughs> I mean, turn I'm, on him I'm not saying, point? but I, I this never <laughs> once said it benefited him. I said that that's what he wanted. He wanted to hurt Cody the most. But why? Because he's a scorpion. Okay, but why? Because that's how what God made Cody- him? I don't know.
0: What has Cody ever done to MJF to make him want to hurt him this badly in this spot in this way?
1: I don't think Cody's ever done anything to MJF. Exactly. It's just who who MJF is.
0: Now we're going right back to my entire, my beginning argument. The only reason MJF turned on Cody right now is because he's an asshole.
1: But you said it didn't make any sense. And it makes perfect sense when you know that he's an asshole.
0: Well, it doesn't make sense because he doesn't gain anything from it. He's supposed to be this master manipulator. How is he manipulating anything? What does he gain? How does he come out on the other side Who of this think it's actually looking out? better? Who All he did was become out? an asshole.
1: Who do you think is going to come out to convince Cody to put, his career, to put his world championship career on the line? I bet you it was a little guy whispering in his ear, and that little guy's name was M. Maxwell. Jacob, Friedman.
0: But again, what is it? How
1: does it benefit him? It Seriously. doesn't benefit him. Exactly. So why do it? Because he wanted to hurt Cody. Where would hurt Cody the most?
0: What? Why? Why did he want to hurt Cody so badly? What was his reason, other than being an asshole? What was his reason for wanting to hurt Cody? Maybe he'll get Cody to do like has done nothing.
1: Find that out.
0: Cody has done nothing but give to him and give to him and give to him. Now, I understand Brandy's been a bitch to him, if you watch Being the Elite, but Cody has done nothing but be good to this guy, back this guy up, do everything he can to position MJF in a better light. So what reason does MJF have to turn on him other than to be an asshole?
1: Maybe we will find out on Dynamite.
0: We better find out on Dynamite, because right now he's just an asshole. That's all he is. There's nothing to gain by this. He doesn't all of a sudden move up to main event status. Yes, granted, on a outside-the-ring level, not looking at kayfabe, you know, you're just looking at the performers and what they're going to do, the series of matches that they're going to have together are going to be amazing. We're going to create a new main event mega heel, out of MJF because of the performances he's going to get with, with Cody going forward. Over the next six months, in fact, I'm going to say it, in six months' time, I will see MJF challenging as a heel against whoever the champion is and probably win it and probably dominate the, the company for a while. It'll probably be a hangman page at that point. Because you just that, got done
1: arguing with me that he wasn't going to get in the main event because now you're saying that he is. Make up your no,
0: mind. No. No, no, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is in reality, in what we're seeing, he's going to go out there and prove himself as one of the biggest stars in the world because he's in these matches with Cody in reality. But in kayfabe, what did he have to gain from this?
1: And I'm saying he didn't have to have anything to gain from
0: it. Right. So he turned because he's an asshole. Seriously, that's what it was. He turned on Cody, his best friend, just because he's an asshole. Not because he's going to gain anything. Not because anything comes out of this that benefits him in any way. He just wanted to be a jerk to his best friend.
1: What's wrong with being an asshole?
0: Nothing. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I mean there's nothing wrong with it I'm just saying the reason i didn't like the reason I didn't like this is because he gains nothing as a character he gains nothing from this he just goes right back to the same piece of shit we thought he was six weeks ago that's all it does. he doesn't move up the ladder he doesn't all of a sudden become a number one contender he doesn't move into a prime time spot he just He's the same asshole that he was six weeks ago before AEW Dynamite started. Well, probably longer his, ago. He's
1: the same asshole he always was. You you just got fooled.
0: Right. By him. No, no, I didn't get fooled by it. I love MJF. Too. I think his jerk off character is one of the greatest characters on TV. We've talked about that many times about how he's one of the top heels. Oh, yeah, I but just we've think we've been talking
1: about for weeks how you thought he was he'd become a baby face, and I said he didn't.
0: Well, maybe I might've thrown around baby face. Yes, but I, I'm still holding to the fact that I've always thought he was one of the best heels in the business. I just don't see how as a character this benefits him. And they've got to do a lot of explaining to convince me that this was a right move by him. Cause right now it just looks like he was an asshole because he's an asshole. He doesn't gain anything by being an asshole. Had Cody won the belt. Then he turned on him. Yeah, he gains a number one title shot because immediately Cody's going to push him up to the front saying, that asshole turned on me. I want to face him next time. He gets a title shot right out of the gate. But because he turned on him after making him lose, the only thing it does is make him look like an asshole. That's really all it did. Just saying.
1: No, I see see where you're coming from. I I can just see uh, different sides to it. Like, I, can, I mean, I, K- like, I, like I can see when you, if you're a big enough asshole, you'd want to do that regardless of whether it benefits you or not.
0: Right. I mean, kayfabe, it does nothing for him, for him, from his character, from everything involved, from storylines. We got to create a storyline now to make him important. Where had it been done differently, he would have been important by turning on Cody. Now, that being said, that's kayfabe in reality. Him having a series of matches against Cody and being in a feud against Cody is going to elevate him to the superstardom that we have wanted for him in MLW, that we wanted for him now. The fact that he's 22, one of the most gifted talkers on the mic there is on the planet, and then he can go out there and show what he can do in the ring against a guy of Cody's ilk in six months is going to make him a mega star. And they are going to build a star. Out of this up-and-comer who has the ability but has not yet gotten to that main event level yet. Now we're going to get him to that main event level because he's going to be in a feud with Cody. One of the best wrestlers on the planet. That's reality. But in kayfabe, this is a horrible story to start him off on. It would have done so much better to have him turn on Cody after Cody won the belt and become a part of the inner circle and maybe have jericho pass him the torch saying you know what my time is done i'm 49 years old now i just turned 49 yesterday or whatever you are my replacement and groomed him to become the replacement the inner circle then jericho steps back in a mentor role which might actually suit him better at his age now you've got jericho or you've got MJF as the the, um, spokesman, you've got Hagar as the beast, you've got Jericho as the mouthpiece, and the mentor, you've got the tag team, and you've got the young up-and-comer in uh, Guevara, who is not at MJF's level yet, but will definitely be there at some point. You've got an amazing faction if they had done it just a little bit different. But because they stuck to the guns that they did and they made him turn on, turn on Rhodes or Cody at this point just to be an asshole, you took an entire decade worth of storylines and flushed them.
1: <laughs> wow. You're pretty passionate about this right now.
0: I'm um, just saying it, it's, it could have been done. It just that one little tweak could have made this an amazing story going forward and for years to come.
1: I, I like the fact that MJF is not in the stable. I like the fact that he's on his own. I don't like I don't like the idea of him being mentored by Chris Jericho. I like I like Sammy Guevara a lot more for that role.
0: Well I do too. I, I and I do too. But I'm just saying that when you look at those two, Guevara and, and MJF, MJF is much more suited to be that leader of a stable than Guevara is.
1: Well, sure, right now.
0: Right. And maybe someday Guevara will get to that point. But right now they haven't let him talk on the mic enough to where I actually believe that he could ever be that leader. I think his in-ring ability, yes, absolutely. But not from the mic standpoint where I think MJF has the mic at this point. I think you got two young up-and-comers being mentored by J.I. Uh, by Jericho. You've got the badass. They, what did they call him? They called him something during this pay-per-view. They called Hager something. Oh I didn't God, I wish I could remember.
1: The commentary:
0: wish I could remember. They called him something that was actually really fitting for his personality and the fact that he's just, just this badass monster. Um, and then you've got that tag team. You had the perfect, perfect chance to make mjf one of the biggest stars of the next decade and i felt like they flushed it they took a storyline just made it oh yeah he's a jerk we knew he was a jerk he's a jerk yeah, when they he, could have he, done he, so he, much so I th- much
1: i i think you're uh, i think you're way too critical of this I, yeah, maybe. I think, I think, it's I think, a possibility. You know, I, think, I, think, I think you need to see what the follow-up is before you just completely dismiss it out of hand.
0: I'm just looking at it right now. In In three months or two days when uh, AEW promote, uh, comes out, I might have a different opinion on it. I'm just looking at it right now, my instant aftershock after the match, seeing what had happened and what I feel. After we watched Dynamite on Wednesday, I could have a completely different feeling. And, I'm just and, look I'm just looking at it right now in the way I see it.
1: Meanwhile I was laughing at all you idiots that thought that thought he was actually a baby face.
0: I oh I didn't think he, he was a baby face. Actually, he's an you asshole. You did
1: too. You've been saying it for weeks.
0: <laughs> I still thought he was an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't It could be nice assholes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna phrase it whatever way you could have to phrase it so that you weren't wrong about him.
0: Exactly. <laughs> That's the way it works. Yes, he's an asshole. But he was a nice asshole.
1: <laughs> Nicest asshole I ever met.
0: Right. <laughs> well do you know how many people say that about me on a daily basis?
1: I I've, I've, I've never really heard anybody say that, anything about you being nice before.
0: Oh, you dick. <laughs> 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 that, that just hurts.
1: Actually, uh no, I, I will say uh my my uh um, my, my wife and I were having lunch at Texas Roadhouse on. Uh, you're gonna get a kick out of this on uh, oh, on Saturday. And and I had mentioned that um, I and, and she was with me when I got to the front desk and, and um, a lady had asked me to bring in to bring in a certain item that that uh, had been purchased for a certain lady by a certain guy. And uh, and I told my wife that that they were actually from you. And and she said, Well, maybe I'll find a sweet guy with like that someday.
0: <laughs> wow <laughs> oh that hurt that hurt a little
1: hurt me yeah So <laughs>
0: <laughs> that was my heel turn right there just because I'm an asshole <laughs> okay. alright so we've established tonight that MJF um, they, they miss in my eyes and maybe like I said maybe it'll change after I hear his reasoning because you know he's going to get mic time on Wednesday to explain his actions because that's just the way wrestling works but right now I feel like it was ill-timed I felt like it was done not to the best of the ability it should have been done um, but that's my feelings right now we'll find out on Wednesday if, it's, if I feel the same okay so
1: Wow, that really did go longer than I thought it was going
0: to. I told you it was going to. That's why I didn't want to really talk about it. That's why I said we'll hold off on the other stuff just in case this MJF thing goes longer than we want. Because I had a feeling that you and I were going to see it differently. And, of course, those are always the fun times when we can argue about how stupid you are. Or
1: vice versa.
0: No, not vice versa. Anyway, guys, Patreon. You don't even Patreon. know
1: what vice versa means, so.
0: I do, too. I knew it one time. I can Google it. I'll find out.
1: You're um, sure to say so Isn't that like the that Baskin-Robbins <laughs> flavor of ice cream?
0: <laughs> I actually was about to do that. <laughs> 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 at the last minute i pivoted to google (laughs) um anyway guys check out our patreon uh it's the thing we're the most proud of we do have a new show coming out we recorded it last week i just have not gotten the time i will get to it either tomorrow or wednesday um i will get it up there we have a new jessica jones episode on our patreons patreon.com we got three tiers we got the article tier which is just hey you want to donate to us any any bit helps You can donate for as low as a dollar. You can read all the drivel I've written throughout the years. Um, Or you can listen to all of our archive show, not just on uh, on Kingdom of Honor, but stuff we did back in our beginning days uh, with Excuse the Aggravation. And what was the other show we did? Didn't we do something? Oh, the realest guys on the radio. That's right. You know, and and Kingdom of Honor, and also uh, the first couple of episodes of AEW have now moved to our archives, so you can listen to all those. It, it's five bucks a month, or you can go to ten bucks a month and get our Patreon exclusive stuff, which is kind of all over the map. I mean, we do we've got our Desert Island series, which we're trying to get more to, into, but um, with the two shows a week, it's a lot harder than we thought it was going to be. We've got our uh, our retro series where we're looking back at old uh, pay-per-views right now. We're looking at a A ECW stuff and we've also got our non-wrestling shows and we are right now breaking down the series of Jessica Jones. So uh, it's a lot of fun there and go to our Patreon. You can, uh, you can donate to us and help us become better at this show because the more you help us, the more we can find time to do stuff. Just saying. It's Patreon.com/slash Kingdom of Honor. Also, Twitter. Uh, it's the other big one. Um, I'm at RegiCoop. He's at Zanman We, um, I tweet a, a whole lot more than he does, uh, but you can also get to both of us by doing at uh, at our hashtag Koh and hashtag Dad. Um, you know, that's another another place to find us. And what's the other one? Do we have anything else? Oh, YouTube. Uh, YouTube.com/slash Kingdom of Honor do us a favor like uh like it subscribe to it ring the notification bell if we ever do any videos off off topic just you know one of us gets bored and we got something to say but we don't want to wait till the show we'll usually jump on there and do a quick video it doesn't happen often but does happen the more that you can uh like and subscribe to those videos the better uh, the more we can do because we might actually eventually get to a place where Imp is right now and be able to do live shows on there. But it's gonna take some subscribers. It's going to take some, uh, some likes to our videos. I uh, also want to give shout-outs to Ryan Evans, uh, Kathy, and Cliff. Um, you guys are <laughs> right now are our, best, uh, our best Patreon guys. We've also got Jacob, Joshua, and uh, Michael that are uh, Michael, new subscriber to our Patreon. So, you guys, thank you very much. We do appreciate all that you give us and uh, uh, hope to give you more
1: yeah and we are gonna do that every week we're gonna thank our, all of our patreon supporters so that's another bonus you get is is hearing your name on uh on the show as you know with if you have a big ego so like Jeff does
0: like me yeah <laughs> exactly like me
1: and don't forget you can listen to all of the l o p radio shows on the l o p uh YouTube channel as well and if you haven't checked out Imp and I talking about AEW Full Gear on LLP Aftershock, that's available both on YouTube and on LP Radio, and make sure you stay tuned to the other LP Radio shows as well. Global uh, Revolution is currently on hiatus, so there won't be a show tomorrow. However, sports entertainment is dead. We'll be back with you on Wednesday. We'll be with you live on Wednesday as with our live reaction show. uh of EW Dynamite called Dynamite After Dark and then Imp will be with you guys talking about NJPW on Thursday night with his Imp's LLP Radio Adventures Right Side of the Pond is currently counting down the the, uh, myth-breaking of the New Generation on Right Side of the Pond on Fridays and then of course we'll be back with you next week probably talking about the NWA and MLW I, I would assume
0: Consider we didn't get to any of that. Yeah. Because somebody went too long on their MGF is a good guy thing.
1: Yeah, I'm such a jerk. Right? (laughs) That's (laughs) all we've got. we will try to do better next time. This is Zan saying Long Days, Pleasant Nights. And Jeff saying... Goodbye. G1 Climax 27. Goodbye.
0: And good night. Bang!